Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Nerd Love, a time to explore vast cinematic universes where we talk heroes, villains, and everything in between with your hosts, The Analyst and Doc Cinema. And welcome back to another episode. Hi. We're back with Iron Man this time. Mm-hmm. This time around. The first fil- official film of the MCU, which yeah. stands for Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's kind of interesting. The, the last movies. podcast we did was the first ever uh, Star Wars film. Yes. Yeah, so and now true. we're doing the first ever MCU film. Look at that. What? So we, maybe we should do the first ever DC or something or whatever. But yeah, that was I don't even cool. know we what that would be. Back. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. They're they're pretty kind of all over the place. So the, the DC's pretty recent, actually. Now that I think about yeah. it, yeah, yeah, it's actually pretty bad. I I kind of like determine stages of my life based off of uh, this Iron Man film. So it's like <laughs> before or after 2018. I was like, yeah, so that's when Iron Man came out. Iron Man was 2008. <laughs> Right before yeah. The Incredible Hulk, which I actually watched recently and loved. We should do that next time for a podcast. Yeah, we could do that, sure. But for this episode, we are going to be reviewing Iron Man. Before we do that, Doc had some announcements. Yes. Uh, thank you, PNDR, our DJ friend. And uh, he created the uh, tunes that you heard at the beginning of this podcast and the last podcast. So now we actually have an in- a consistent intro with some beats. Those beats were amazing. Big shout out to him. Um, we've for a long time we've talked about having uh, our own little intro segment, mm-hmm. um, and now we finally got it. Dreams come true, and we were <laughs> yes. so great, uh, so grateful to have him uh, do that for us. Um, and it sounds amazing. Yeah, it really the, does. The audio yeah. really merged with our intro, and can't be more any more pleased. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, into, why don't we go right into the movie? All right, let's right now. let's go right in. Iron Man, the first ever MCU. They really started off strong with this one, I think, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, I it was just enjoyable overall. It was yeah. just so enjoyable. A great way to kickstart the MCU. We have such an like action-packed universe with like weapons and destruction, and they started off with literally a weapons expert mm-hmm. and delving into his life and whatnot. True. Um. Yeah, when I um, actually first saw this back in 2008, I kind of wasn't a fan because I was looking at it as, as a perspective as all of the superhero films that existed before this movie. So I was like, oh, I just want it. I just want him to be a hero already. Like, I just want him to get the suit and, like, be powerful. But they, they had this this direction of taking this, taking the character and making him weak really early on and just he's got more realistic personality and complex personality than any other superhero film I think we've seen up to 2018 um and I think it still holds up today and it's just his character Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man is just so believable realistic um and I think that's why everybody likes him so much I think Robert Downey Jr. is probably the best person to play Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is a point I'll make with a lot of actors. Um, you can be really anybody, and if you're a great actor, you can personify any character. Mm-hmm. But 
it's a hallmark to see a person not even act and he's just himself yeah he, like Iron Man and R and, and RDJ are literally interchangeable yep or synonymous right S- synonymous and not in the fact I'm not saying in the fact that oh their personalities of like oh arrogant asshole type like RDJ's not an asshole he is a very very nice person but um, in the more witty and um, and in smooth way that uh, Tony Stark is, RDJ is very similar to that. And if you've seen a lot of his his, mm-hmm. uh, his live content, um, where like he interacts with like the Avengers actors, and he just, he basically just like shoots the shit with them. Yeah. It's very very Tony Stark esque, and um, that's a hallmark of a great character of a of a great actor. Definitely, and I, I agree tenfold. Um, and even, like, it, this movie would not have been the same if they casted, uh, Tom Cruise, which I think we discussed a little bit in, um, Multiverse of Madness. Um, but, yeah, Tom Cruise, he would have been too douchey, and he, it would not have been as well received as RDJ. Tom Cruise is, obviously, Tony Stark is kind of douchey, but I think Tom Cruise, I agree with you, is or a like little bit scummy, too douchey. Much. Like too, just he's too serious, arrogant. I think, serious? in my opinion, Tom Cruise is way too serious of a person. Yeah. Uh, of an actor, I think he probably would have gotten uh, R- uh, uh, Tony Stark. I keep saying RDJ whenever I think of Tony Stark. <laughs> that that's how interchangeable yes, they are. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. your point. See, they, they, um, yeah, they just mix in your mind. Yeah, they mix my mind, and Tom Cruise really doesn't fit that bill too well. Yeah. I can certainly see it. And if he was, I wouldn't have that big of a grievance, but it would still feel wrong, in my opinion. Like, he doesn't have that lighthearted nature that RDJ yeah. brings to the table. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's uh, pretty clear that we're uh, RDJ fans, mm-hmm. but it just is what it is. And I think now, uh, many of you would probably agree with that. Now, on the uh, topic of actors who didn't make the cut, in most MCU films, the current roadie who was Terrence Howard, he got the boot after this movie, and I was so mad about that. They changed up the roadie. But did he get the boot, though? That is the thing. So I actually heard that um, Terrence... Did he get the boot? Terrence Howard, he didn't He didn't like the role. He didn't like playing roadie. Oh. So okay. he so, actually, I think he was the deciding factor so not to So he gave on. himself the boot. Yeah, he's oh, like, okay. no. He's like, I don't... I don't feel this with RDJ. And I, I feel oh. like you can... every t- When I watch it again, after knowing the behind-the-scenes and the real life of Terrence Howard, I, I feel like... I don't think that they're believable as friends. Like, I think Terrence Howard is just not a good fit. Like, he, like and I feel like his... I don't want to bash his acting, but I feel like his acting doesn't make him seem like he wants to be there. I think Half that as a roadie, roadie is a very serious character. He's a military guy. Um, I, I didn't think Terrence Howard did that bad of a job. In my I mean, opinion. but I compare know. him to like now that we have the references, we had Don Cheadle now. Yeah, um, Don Cheadle is Don like Cheadle incredible. is also yeah. He's he's a very incredible actor for roadie. So I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not disappointed in their switch, but I, I mean, it would it, it's I'm it's more the consistency aspect of. Okay, now we have a different roadie, but it's like, why did you need to change it? Why couldn't you get it right the first time? Why did because you need to these it? things are hard. I mean, the, the MCU I coming under- out, this is the groundbreaking. They for didn't everybody. do that with Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, 
Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> that's true. You're not. I've wrong. seen I've seen a lot of people really not like her as a Pepper Potts, and I don't really have an opinion about that. Well, okay, but... and also after this point, um, Don Cheadle signed like a, I don't know, five year, ten year, some crazy year contract to be War Machine, so he had to decide to be. Okay. So I don't. I I at this point of the MCU. Terrence Howard might not have even had that long of a contract. Could have just been like, oh, you're going to like it, or we're going to try you out for this movie. Mm. And then after that, they learned, like, we got to actually get some contracts going because of whatever. But they're paying RDJ so much that he's going to stay on. Like, he has such a big role. But just saying. No, it's a good, it's certainly a good point to make. Um,. But another classic favorite actor of mine, Jeff Bridges. Yes. There's a lot of good roles in a lot of good movies, and he's a great villain. For I'm, us. I'm a sucker yeah. for Jeff Bridges. He's always like the, this, like he's always obviously an old guy, old white guy, but old white guy. Um, he's kind of got like this coolness about him, it's like some kind of old guy swagger. Mm-hmm. That's or like a rustic swagger. A rustic, yeah, yeah, very rustic <laughs> swagger, but. Yeah. He, the thing about Jeff Bridges in this movie was that he was too predictable. When I first was, saw this yeah, movie, when I saw this movie for the first time, and I was like, "Oh, very large bald guy, <laughs> villain." Well, yeah, every every time. Yeah, that's so true. But I'm not saying uh, this about every bald, about every large bald man in MCU, <laughs> but we've seen this a lot. There's a common trend in the MCU. With very bulky bald guys, they well, tend yeah. to be villains, I mean, aka Thanos. Or yeah, or if they're purple, you know. But jeez, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, he was he was very obvious. I agree. Yeah, but besides the way he looked, that's of course I'm joking around. But like in his more demeanor, he was he seemed like a like a very like cutthroat business guy. I'm like ah, oh, cutthroat business guy, villain right there. Well, yeah, and, and like, right. the turmoil yeah. was very obvious why he disliked Tony from the beginning. So it was kind of yeah. like how, like, Tony's a pretty smart guy. He must have known that Obadiah didn't like him. Mm-hmm. But he kind of just, like, didn't do anything about it. And now, and there's all, there's also another obvious, uh, um, what it's a giveaway, but, uh, uh, thing that I was seeing in the movie when I was looking at like for villains, obviously you have the uh, the Ten Rings, which is a great Easter egg, by the way. I love that. I never realized that the first time I watched that, and now going back, I'm like, oh my god, that's the Ten Rings. <laughs> yeah, and it's so cool. interesting that they play off the Ten Rings um, in the Iron Man uh, franchise. The Ten Rings are a very powerful organization, mm-hmm. and we see that here. It's but we see it. This is just one sect of the Ten Rings, as we have right. later uh, realized. With now we have this sect of the Ten Rings, and now we'll there's sh- a new key. sect of the Ten Rings. No, no, no. Not even before that. In oh. Iron Man Three, True. they were also the Ten Rings with the Mandarin. Yes. The bad guy was the Mandarin, but of course he was faking it. Yes. But then we soon realize, with now Shang Chi. That the real Mandarin was behind the scenes along the way. So there's different sects. 
of uh of this 10 rings organization and it was really cool kind of seeing that here it was like oh man this is they call themselves the 10 rings but like they're really not that big of a group here this has got to be something different like um and now speaking of which with these villains these uh um these uh, terrorists the, yeah these terrorist villains <clears throat> i was like oh okay so we're, we're establishing villains but they don't really seem that big something else needs to be going on here again this is my thoughts when i first watched this um, well, the connection between Obadiah and the terrorists definitely, was really cool. It definitely, yeah, it that definitely was more unpredictable. Yeah, certainly. Um, but again, seeing that, I was like, okay, so they're a terrorist organization, but they have to steal weapons in order to be a threat. So, like, that's not really that big, right? There has to be something more to this villain aspect of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and there was, and certainly <laughs> was, certainly threw uh, us for the for a loop later. Uh, yeah, and I, I feel like um, the the cinematics of this movie and the character building are key points that made it successful. Also, it just seemed like the movie flowed really well from scene to scene, um, and then uh, just switching from characters like uh, <laughs> the man in the cave, Jensen. Jensen, yes, Jensen. Like, you got to know him in the beginning. Yes, he dies, but, like, you almost feel like you got to know him. And he doesn't have that much time, like, I guess compared to the entirety of the movie. Right. And then he doesn't come back. But it's like, it doesn't matter. He changed Stark's (sighs) perspective on life forever. Yeah, he was such a big influential part of Tony's life. I thought they would have brought him back in later movies of, like, oh, there's a reference to, like, the cave and, like, Jensen and everybody. Um kind of disappointing to see that in those later movies that they I don't guess, really... but he was he was dead and like his family was dead i know he was dead but there were there's i thought there would be more significance to tony than just okay he's dead now i guess i'll live in my memory but like there's no commendation to him later on from tony like yeah he could have mentioned him i guess at least yeah. could have been i mean they they nice. certainly made him to seem out as like a very big side uh protagonist for tony right but, um, I mean, you could play it off and say that it was such a emotional part for Tony of his life that he being captured that he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't it. want to try, but okay. I mean, maybe. That's, that's just that, could just be a defense. That's a good idea, though. You know, I, I agree with that. Well, speaking of cinematics, I will also say there's a lot of good uh, shots, camera angles. Uh, yes. Definitely. Side shots of panning up the montages of the Stark suit. How many suit-up um, scenes we get in Iron Man 1? There's a lot of suit-up like, scenes. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, so besides that, I like the, uh, the, the, the the face inside the suit. Oh, yeah, Camera yeah. scene. Reminded me a lot. And then they also did this with an actual jet of, like, the person in the jet flying the jet, and they're looking at him when they're attacking Tony in the air. Mm-hmm. I kind of went back, and I'm like, oh, so that's how it looks similar. Like, I... I I reckon, like, when I was looking at Tony, as Tony's face in the uh, in the suit, I was like, <coughs> I was like, that reminds me of something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like what the what they do with like jet scenes. And, like, <laughs> yeah, like, and yeah then definitely. They, and then they did it with the with that. Which jet makes scene. sense. Yeah. Like he flies, so it should be similar to a jet. Yeah, it was. It was that was a pretty good uh, good reference there. Um. 
Now the analysis of Jarvis too, I liked the, I liked the, uh, the, the, the lineup of Tony looking out through the mask and he can like analyze like all these little pop-ups from Jarvis of like, oh, these oh, are yeah. where the attackers are. I liked the technology cinematics of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and it's so interesting that um, Tony makes all these interesting weapons. He literally made an AI. Yeah. Yeah. And he made an AI. I'll say that again one more time. He made artificial intelligence. Yep. <laughs> and then later on down the line, turned that into a fucking superhero. Yep. <laughs> and a super villain. If we're uh, going to go down. And a super, I guess. I don't know. Well, what do you mean by U- that? Ultron and Vision. He created both. Well, he created Ult- Ultron. Wasn't Jarvis though? Vision no, was Jarvis. But Tony Stark was their daddy. <laughs> he, he, their daddy. That's true. I thought you were. I thought you were saying that Jarvis was Ultron. I'm like, that's not true. I mean, if you want to say uh, Banner, Mark Ruffalo, and RGJ's baby, or whatever. Oh no, no. Let's not get into that. I don't really like that. <laughs> oh, sorry man. to sorry to make you a Hulk and Iron Man baby, a super <laughs> robot. That's yep. kind of funky. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's what happened. I mean, if that's, you, that's true. If you happened, want to throw yeah, in yeah. Thor in there too, because he had his lightning to speed up the process for Vision. So there's like three of them. So I guess uh, there was a, there's a three way there. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't tell that I, I like analyze these movies at all or anything or whatever. Superhero three-way creates another superhero. <laughs> Yikes! That's how you create oh, the strongest hero. Man, yeah. I mean, I mean, he really is a god, though. So it makes sense. There you go. Oh, um, the tank scene. Yeah. Tank Missing vessel. the tank bullet, shoots the tank, walks away. And the tank blows up in the background. A classic scene. Oh. One of the best walking away from explosions and looking badass. Yeah, so that was, that is like a, one of very noticeable scene from that movie, a recognizable, familiar, uh, lovable action scene. But when I watched it again, I noticed that when they're in the cave and he's got the first suit, that, um, dang it, what's that guy's name? The guy that was in the game with. Um, Jensen. Jensen. So Jensen says, watch out. And and then he dodges a missile from the villain that's in the cave. Which is this guy. Raza. So Raza shoots, uh, yes. shoots a missile. So he's almost out of the cave, shoots a missile. And then he says, so he like does the same dodge move. And I feel like that was like so cinematically subtle that nobody noticed it but then like watching it again like to study it for this i noticed it and i was like that's kind of cool like the parallel yeah that happened (laughs) oh yes my favorite villain raza (laughs) is he i don't think so (laughs) he's got a good villain look to him I. he's certainly got a good villain look but he's more of a pawn than a villain well obadiah used him like a pawn for sure yeah but he was supposed to be the, the head guy because uh, Akar was uh, kind of the front for Raza, which is like Who's, the big dude. Who was Akar? 
this guy. He was like, he talked to Tony in the beginning of the cave. Oh, Bacardi. And then later they reveal that Raza's like the big boss. And you just like kind of reveal the ladder a of cascade. like. cascade. It's, yeah. it's a ladder of villainy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or the pyr- pyramid scheme of villainy. The pyramid scheme of villainy. <laughs> oh, no. We're, we're not getting into pyramid schemes now. Let's, let's pull but, away from that a little bit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, whatever. The guy at the top makes the most money is all the point I was trying to make. Yeah, certainly. It's the it's the war dog that makes the most money. He's the mm-hmm. real villain of all. Also, that was a pretty good movie. Um, war dogs. One last scene I want to talk about. The Jericho. The Jericho. Oh, the Jericho missile? Yes. He, I loved how RDJ just raised his hands <laughs> like he was God and then just like a torrent of explosions and it's a shock. The man just stood there went like this a shock wave went by him and like all the hats of all the uniform officers flew off yeah such a fun scene i love that so much yeah that's definitely uh, one that's in the record books of uh, mankind from now from 2008 and onward yep i've seen that in a lot of uh, a lot of memes a lot of jokes a lot of references definitely definitely to that yeah that caught the attention of the media for sure mm-hmm but I'm, I'm thinking you're, you got something else to say, so do you want to leave the floor? Do, do you want me to? Do you want me to talk? Or do you yeah, to... go ahead. Okay. Um. Now I've seen a lot of. I've said a lot of good things so far. I want to say a little bit of a criticism on my part. Uh, the <gasps> the real the realism the the realism of this movie could use some tweaking in regards to his technology in his workshop. Mm-hmm. We have Tony Stark. A man who's so, so intelligent. He's a genius. Graduated from, got, got his master's I at I think like it's 17. Harvard. Got yeah. master's in Harvard at 17. Right. Genius. And there's a picture okay, of him with we, uh, Steve Jobs. In the beginning. <laughs> he's able to build an arc reactor. With a bunch with, of scraps. With a bunch of scraps. <laughs> in a cave with a bunch of scraps. But that fact about... About the like the fact that he was able to build it with a box of scraps doesn't seem realistic to me. With air quotes, I mean, it really wasn't a box of scraps though. They had milit like they Tony did. Stark military. They referenced equipment. that they were putting they were taking apart a lot of the military equipment, but we didn't see that. We did not see that in those scenes. I maybe saw one missile. That they took apart and had little pieces everywhere on the table. Yeah. And you just build an arc reactor out of that? He, he just needed the metal and then he made the... Oh, oh, okay, okay. So he made the metal. <laughs> but where did the other materials come from? They just appear out of thin air? Do you want the whole movie to be in the cave? It could actually, I don't, that I would be actually pretty cool. I didn't want the movie. That's not the point, though. I wanted to see if he's such a genius... Like, He's not a genius enough to just materialize things out of thin air to put on his, like, arc reactor to build it. I wanted to see things cluttering the cave, like, piles of gadgets and just piles of material for him to work through. That's cool. I don't really know if I agree. I don't think that's cinematically necessary to see that visual. Like, I got it. Like, the I'm concept not, I'm not good saying, enough for like, me. I'm not saying, like, mountains of shit everywhere, <laughs> but, like... There should be like wires and scattering like everywhere on that table. Yeah, I saw probably. maybe like a couple wires, uh, and then like magnifying glasses, and yeah. that was it. 
that was the extent of what they had on that table to work with. Granted, they probably, you could have been like, oh, they had some stuff in the background, but like, why wouldn't they have moved it over to the table? Well, they're working at a giant workshop. They should have more stuff on that table for us to see. Then you're going to have to rip on uh, John Favreau for not doing his homework on how to build an arc reactor with military scraps. I'm just talking. Because he couldn't scream. I'm set. talking about the realism here. I want, I would have liked to see more scatterings, just like crap everywhere, like loose wirings everywhere. Oh, so that would have seen like, more realistic to me than just like a couple, like basically just a couple scraps. So not even like, doesn't even need to be like closely realistic to theories of making like renewable energy but just scraps more scraps just 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 more stuff like obviously he's a genius okay but you still could have more stuff on there for him to work with just stuff just more stuff such an american now, point of view <laughs> now not just the cave as well when he's working on his this is more so in his uh, little laboratory where he's working on his suit the same thing i didn't see a lot of stuff and he he likes a tidy workshop yeah, he has such a tiny workshop. Tidy, tidy. Yeah, a tidy workshop. <laughs> this man, you, this man has no OCD. He yeah. throws shit around everywhere. You're, you are not telling me he has a tidy workshop. And when he, when he flies for the first time, all the papers go flying. Yeah. It, it, okay, you have papers, <laughs> and you have diagrams, and you have holograms. Which, by the way, was a really good scene too. I like the. Uh, yeah. I like the pull up of the Mark One. And then he, like, throws stuff off of it. And I'm like, oh, my yeah, God, that was that's so cool. awesome. And this was 2008, people. 2008. But, again, where was the stuff he was working with? He literally had a couple of gadgets there. And yeah. he was just making, like, booster rockets out of that shit. Like, I would have liked to seen He was pulling it off from his hot rod. <laughs> well, give me more <laughs> scatterings of stuff around the hot rod then. Show me that he's actually working on it. Okay. <laughs> all right, you're right. You're right. I'm just, are tied. That's all I'm saying about that. I mean, that's fair. It's it's a very small thing to nitpick about, but it it's just something that I noticed and something that I would have liked to seem to seem have it more realistic. Speaking of that, I didn't feel like it with the as far as the stuff like technology stuff laying around or junk or whatever. But I did actually feel that with maybe like the earlier times I watched it, like the more recent times and obviously before this podcast when I watched it, the painting specifically, when he said to paint it, yeah, like that could have been cool to show a spray, like a close up of spray painting the metal and changing over. That could have been like really satisfying. Yep. But they didn't do that. I was like, where is this getting painted? He's like, just add paint and like, I'm just going to click it on the exactly. computer. Exactly. And I'm like, dude, you could have just sprayed it and that would have been such a cool visual. And it's like, oh, he doesn't need much. He's, just a, he's a genius. He can't just materialize shit out of nowhere. Yeah, like he needs to you, have stuff. You'd have to have like a painting room that has like um, me mechanized arms that paint, like a car wash that paints, basically. Yeah. That like you know, that could have been a cool scene, but whatever. There's a lot of other cool scenes, so I can't really be too. That's like super nitpicky, but just saying. Mm -hmm. On the uh, side of more stuff more, and more stuff. realistic things. For how he gets to point A to point B and making the suit, that's what I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's pretty much it for me on on that point. Now, also add in uh, on the technology aspects, uh, I did talk about some of the computer holograms of him like building the arc 
or not the arc, the, uh, the suit from the Mark One. Now, the arc reactor in and of itself looks so cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, he's, he's like, oh, we got the palladium, melting the palladium down. Okay. <laughs> so what are you going to do with it? Oh, my God. You just made a fucking arc reactor. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It does have a sweet look. Very aesthetically pleasing. For sure. And it's like, I, I'll also jump back to my previous point of more stuff. When he's making a literal arc reactor and you have maybe like two tubes coming out of it. Really? That's all you have to make an arc reactor? So I just need this shit and I can make an arc reactor? Yeah, why haven't you made one yet? That's why. You didn't have those two two tubes? Two, I just need two <laughs> tubes. With, you with, didn't go to Home Depot with, and get your tubes? With a, You could have been Iron Man. With, with, with Kool-Aid running through it. It looks like you had Kool-Aid running through there. Like a... Like blue light Kool Aid. It was like, what is what's happening here? I don't. <laughs> the wars you but, could have stopped. I mean, but to to really think about it, it's like that. Really, don't need to think about the science too much. Just have fun with it. It's a superhero movie. He's a genius. He builds stuff. He true, builds robots. True that. And he builds really cool stuff. You don't really need to think about it too much. But mm-hmm. Just to make it more believable. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I mean, I th- I. I don't know. I still feel like it was f- fine with what they did, but if they were to do that, add more stuff to make it seem more technically believable, I think that's always great to give it credibility, the film and everything. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't really... I'm kind of good. You're kind of good? I'm kind of good. Right. I have... I thought I had something, and then it just... Left in my mind. Well, we'll jump into this next point, which is a really big thing for me. Okay. Um, obviously, one of the main facets of this movie was the whole philosophy. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark is an ironmonger. He... Not, not the ironmonger. Oh, thank you. I was confused. Not the ironmonger. He, he's not an ironmonger. Sorry. Just kidding. He's a warmonger. Yes. He's a war dog. Makes weapons, right? That was his whole philosophy. Ph- whole philosophy... He says way of life, business plan. He's a well, he's a weapon developer. He wants to carry. He wants to carry the big stick, and wants to build the only weapon you need to fire once. Because that's mm-hmm. the American way, right? Yeah, <laughs> blow stuff up, kill all those terrorists, and then tragedy happens, and he moves on. He has major character development, which, by the way, was really interesting. Mm-hmm. That his character development happened. Within 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I mean, he was, he, yeah, he was humbled he, so fast. He so was shell shocked by the fact that he looked over at that explosive that like put the shrapnel in his chest and mm-hmm. he saw Stark Industries and he said, holy, that like, that must have clicked in his mind when he saw that. Mm-hmm. And he must have thought, what have I done? This yeah. is awful. For sure. Yeah. And then when he was, I mean, the whole time he was in the cave, he was basically humbled. He was, yeah, he was very He had humbled. everything and then had nothing. So now his philosophy shifts, and now his whole spiel is that he wants to jump out of the weapons development and destroy the weapons he has created. Okay, you want to destroy the weapons you create. So what does he do? Makes another he weapon. He makes a bigger <laughs> Weapon. What? (laughs) 
What? Because that's what he knows best. That's what he knows. I know, but okay, so he makes powerful weapon, but he's using it to destroy the other, the other weapons. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. That's fine. You explode bombs with bombs. And he has the suit now, <laughs> and what happens then? He gets his plant stolen, <laughs> and now his weapons... That oh, created no. <laughs> to destroy the other weapons has been stolen and is used against people now. <laughs> but, okay, but here's the thing <laughs> with movies, though. It's a cycle. It's such a big cycle. I'm not disagreeing oh with the cycle. God. But the only way <laughs> that, a, that a movie can counter this, this, just hear me out. The only way that a movie can tactfully counter this, this cycle of events that they know is obvious is by letting the audience know that they know that it's obvious. So, um, <laughs> the Iron Monger says that it's ironic at the end, the whole thing that you're discussing. So the, it kind of is like, like fourth wall break, yeah, not yeah, really yeah, fourth yeah, wall yeah. breaking, but real in the concept. Yes, it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's like the only defense that's that I such can a put big, that that's way. such a big point though. And like when this the so Iron Monger points it out, I'm like, that's exactly what I've been thinking this whole yeah. time. Uh huh. But um, but the the, so, the plans getting stolen and the missiles getting stolen or given away uh is like a parallel that I never really put together. And yeah, that's a good point. Now we have this movie where that happens, and then Iron Man two where that happens. A new person creates a new suit, and then Iron Man three, someone steals the suit. So what's the what's the problem here? Maybe not the weapons. Maybe it's your security. <laughs> he's he's got happy. Maybe His just, bodyguard's great. Maybe you just need to stop having your weapons being stolen. Huh. How about that? Or if we're looking for other problem, or if we're looking for other resolutions, actually destroy your weapons, all of them, and stop. I mean, but of course it's an MC movie. It's a superhero movie. He's Iron Man. He needs the suit. Which is so that's true. fine. Yeah. Leave that leave that uh, solution out to moot. Put his, that away. His whole concept is basically fighting fire with fire. Fighting fire with fire, exactly. But you need to make sure that so that nobody steals the fire from you. <laughs> but then it's like the atomic... And then you just need to stop making new fire. But then it's it, it just <laughs> But Annals, Annals. It's, it's like it's like the atomic bomb. Like once somebody has that breakthrough technology of weapons, other people, other countries, other enemies, rivals, what have you, want to get their hands on it. So it's like the same concept with the suit. He's got the highest technology of weapons, so everybody wants to get their hands on it. You know what I mean? Now there's also about so people. Now there's also about people not being trusted and using the weapons badly. So that again, maybe he should consider destroying the weapons which he does in iron man 3 destroys all his all his suits clean slate protocol clean slate protocol which is fantastic i liked when that happened we'll talk about that when we do that review a lot but, of my um, things got named that actually like, i got my head headset bluetooth to that name the clean slate protocol yeah <laughs> but um i think his main problem is 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 personal security of course he has it on his <laughs> on his servers his, his his private servers that's where all his stuff is He's got Jarvis, consult- Pepper, and, and uh, Happy. That's a security. Man, what a great security <laughs> detail, man. And you also make, uh, like, so if you're making these high-tech suits and you make high-tech stuff, make high-tech security. Make sure this doesn't happen again. 
or or, or has been stolen. What's what's the um those house brothers that have the they put the little thing in your lawn? And it's like home security. What, what was it ADT? Yeah. <laughs> That's what Iron Man needs. This has been Stark security proofed. <laughs> <laughs> he's that's gotta, the business he should go into he's gotta call the property brothers to, 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 to handle his suits yeah I, i'm having trouble <laughs> suits getting stolen it's kind of an issue it's like national world security national world world suit security yeah um jeez. yeah so that's my that was my last large point about this uh overall though the rest of the movie was just spot on perfect i didn't i've never yeah like besides those two points i made nothing really else i have to criticize about this movie um and what a way to enter yes. into the mcu what For a sure. way to enter um i remember one yeah like i speaking on what i said before with originally i didn't really like it because i was anxious to be when I was a kid, I was anxious for it to be to the superhero part, get to being a superhero. And then as I have grown up, you know, since 2008, it's like, wow, this is actually just realistic and like all this stuff. And I actually said it, I think, in our per- first ever podcast when we were saying about movies we liked, that I liked Iron Man 3 more. And I think Iron Man 1 definitely went up in my ranking. Or I know it did. It definitely went up in my ranking. Iron Man 1 is Iron Man 1 is a classic, but it's certainly not my not my favorite Iron Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. But it's yeah, it's good. It's a classic and I feel like it almost gets better every time. Yep. Like the the script it, it's really well scripted too. Um So that's what I want to say about that. Oh, there's something else I want to say. Um yeah, I guess I could just say that. So, um, while I'm trying to maybe think of the other thing, so John Favreau actually took on direct. He's the director of this film, if you didn't know that. Um, but nobody wanted this the script for Iron Man. Like they pass it around. Like they're like, who's can direct this movie about a guy that is in this metal suit and fights terrorists? And like nobody wanted to take it on until John Favreau. Like it was unwanted script. To start oh, the MCU, and then he took it on, and he started the Big Bang. Like, isn't that that's? I think that's really interesting, cool. Um, that's, so that's, a, no, that's really interesting. I did not know that fact. So yeah, that was a fun fact that's like lives in my brain rent free. Um, and then I guess um, we could conclude and make this an early episode. It, yeah, like it's, it's probably not a super long episode. We really have t- much to talk about this time around because it's just so good. It was so good, I really didn't have that much to, to criticize besides those two points again. Yeah, so, okay, so then, thank you. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this final thought of uh, I am Iron Man, the final line of the first film of Iron Man and the MCU. So this, this line was actually, they were not really, they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to use it because they wanted him to keep his identity hidden from the public so the writers actually were like well if we give away his identity what are we going to do for the next couple movies like everybody's going to know he's iron man how can we reveal that secret this early on what are we going to do right next for iron man 2 and iron man 3 but then they ended up doing it and it ended up being the start and the finish of the infinity saga that line i am iron man i think the fact that 
when you have a secret identity, you're you're keeping your identity safe to like protect the people you love. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really have anyone he loves. He just has his mom and his mom and dad are dead. Yes. First of all, like what Darky. are they? What are they going to threaten to do? Like kill okay, Pepper, Pepper, Pepper. Okay, but like starting out, he didn't really have. It's all he has is Pepper, and it and, and he's all she has. <laughs> Lines from the movie, but also I will say another point. I didn't really feel a lot of romance between Pepper and Tony. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, you're my boss and a billionaire, and you're kind of handsome. Like I kind of <laughs> caught it later on. It's like, it's like a diff. It's like a mature type of romance like it built like it was you know probably purely work for many years and then like he grew to like appreciate her and like her more as it went like both of them equally like mutually yeah and it's just kind of it's actually kind of like an original white look from like movie love i'm not really seeing a lot of I, i've never i didn't see but there a lot wasn't of no there wasn't a lot of romance there wasn't but it was just like yeah. a different style but again that's that's the way that tony stark works is that like he's a very like suave man and he's like ah romance well he was a tacky well he was a player yeah he's a player so like he was like kind of turning around at the end of the movie and you can tell that like when she's helping him out there's a lot of growth happening in that movie press conference scene oh the press conference scenes uh, another part for like cinematography the standing and sitting of the press conference yeah and the way that uh, the girl that he slept with sat down at the end when everybody else stood up when he said I am Iron Man and like the other press conference scenes when he said please sit down and then he stands up like that was all planned like that was all directing wait wait she sat down when he said so well okay so at the end conference scene yeah everybody is seated he's standing behind the podium and then he says he reveals his identity and then everybody else is shocked but then she stays sitting down because she despises him. Because she hates him. She's not excited that he's no. Iron Man. She doesn't care. But everybody All else right. wanted to get their microphone in and report. I guess. But yeah. it was like like those subtleties like were all taken into account. Um, yeah, that wasn't something I noticed. I didn't, I didn't notice her not sitting or not standing. Yeah. So, like, she didn't, like, care, didn't approve. Like, you didn't. She could have stood up and been, like turned into a reporter mode. Like they could have wrote it that way, but they didn't. Uh-oh. So, anyways, I think we're about wrapped up here. Yeah, we're all. I think we're all wrapped up. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of <laughs> okay. something to say. I got nothing though. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, shout out again for to uh, PNDR, our uh, temporary DJ who supplied us with a awesome soundtrack to lead our podcast every time from here outward and actually the last one outward um so thank you so much for your help for with that um and stay tuned for more and this was actually a short episode this was a pretty short one but more will come yep. stay tuned continue to show your support thank you for listening see you later